welcome back to the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast here on August 1st, 2018. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on today, have a very, very awesome episode. I'm very excited for you all to hear. It's with two interviews. First up, L.A. and then Elias Abid. L.A. is an artist, R&B slash rapper. You're going to hear how he kind of developed his style. Moved around a little bit as a kid, was born in North Dakota, went over to Georgia discussing how that whole Georgia-Atlanta scene really helped him become an artist. And the stuff he's working on, he just dropped his album Aura 2 last year. He has the follow-up to that coming up, and you'll hear how much he just loves performing now for some of the biggest audiences he's ever seen. Going all the way from just, like he said, two or three people about five years ago, now to rocking stages with thousands. You'll hear that in his interview. And then with Elias Abid, he dropped his first two singles, Wayside and Old Me, he'll be discussing those, as well as his production for artists like Appleby and Smino, and how his childhood of living in both Kansas City and Paris, trust me, he explains it and it makes sense, how that all formulated into his music career and him now living in Chicago and helping out and producing for all of those artists, including producing for himself as a solo artist. So all that stuff on this Anything Goes to Jackson Neal episode. And first is my conversation with LA about all of his latest music and live performances. So just take me into it. What have you been working on recently? Uh, so currently, I mean, I've been working on this next project for like the last, year almost a year and a half now um i dropped um uh the last project or two last year around i want to say march or april i'm not really sure i think it's april though um but yeah i've been working on that since then um i did some touring last year and after touring i just kind of just been working on that the next project so just trying to polish it up now and uh get some business done on it and uh yeah we'll be good to go soon mm-hmm I want to talk, touch on that touring for a little bit. I was just looking through your Instagram and I saw this picture you posted where it showed a picture from 2013 to the end of 2018 and the difference in the, mm. side of the, cra- the size of the crowd. What's that like now to, after all these years to be able to perform for these just large crowds and hear all your fans listen to your music? It's surreal, man, because, you know, like, I um, that's all I really wanted to do when I was a kid is make uh, music and, and really be able to do shows. That was like, when I was growing up, I was I was huge in into like Kanye and like Lupe and and NERD. Like I I loved watching performance videos online of just them in front of crowds, just rocking crowds, and like it was always a dream of mine to do that. Um, so you know, I always knew in the back of my mind though, like it, it, it's not gonna happen overnight. You know what I mean? So I had to get in front of the uh, the crowds that I could get in front of. Um, I remember doing shows like three people in the crowd you know what i mean so it's just kind of cool to just kind of like reminisce sometimes and just it really it's really humbling when you do that you know what i mean i have to remind myself like it wasn't always this way and i didn't always have fans you know what i mean so but it's it's, it's amazing man it's amazing yeah i mean it must i mean it must be to remember and to also like you said humble yourself and remember that you know it's you put on all this work to get to this spot and just speaking on those um those influences. One thing I wanted to touch on with you is that a lot of your music um, kind of leans a little bit more towards uh, R&B, but there also has these hip-hop elements in there. And you mentioned Kanye West, you mentioned yeah. Lupe Fiasco, uh, these, these two guys who in some way are more hip-hop oriented, but definitely have blended the two genres with R&B as well. Um, can you yeah. just touch on that, how 
your style and how you like to blend the two, both R&B and hip-hop? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, early into my career, back back in those days, I was full-on a rapper, you know what I mean? So I, I didn't do much R&B. I knew I could sing, but I never really wanted to be an, a singer, you know what I mean? Like, I always wanted to rap. So um, it wasn't until maybe 2014, 2015, where I had went through, like, a, a, a really dramatic um breakup with a, a a girl and I don't, I don't know i just like ended up singing those those or venting through through singing and through melody um and it seemed like that was what resonated with people the most is when i put that project out it was a project called her h-e-r um arts fall so it was like 2014 i put that out in yeah, it seemed like people was just resonating with that. I did rap on that project a bit too, um, but um, it wasn't until that project and then the release of um, my first uh, Aura tape, which kind of like catapulted me to have ultimately what I have now. So um, I started to notice that like people loved the singing, and you know, through that understanding, I started to love you know the singing as well. So I just kind of got more comfortable in it. And uh, I do I do rap every now and then, but um, I, I like to blend the two sometimes. Yeah, so that's kind of become my style at this point for sure. Gotcha. I mean, no, nothing will make you want to sing like R and B, like breaking up with a girl. I guess it's everything I listen to whenever I'm feeling like that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's just a mood. You know what I mean? A vibe. <laughs> yeah, the perfect thing for that. Um, so I I see that you were born in North Dakota. And now, you know, now you're based out of Atlanta. Being yeah. from North Dakota, I mean, I really don't know much about that place. What is, like, the music scene there, and what kind of led you to hip-hop in the first place? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, like, I, I'm just, I'm along with you. Like, I, I really don't remember anything about that place. I was just born there. I, was, I didn't um, stay there long. We were there about four or five years of my life, the first four or five years of my life. And I, we moved over here to Georgia, and I just kind of been here ever since. So I don't really remember a lot about it, you know. However, I do get messages every now and then, like, "Hey, man, I didn't know like we had somebody representing us over here in North Dakota." <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of cool to get those messages every now and then. But I was just born over there. I, I don't really know much about that place. I maybe mean, I'll go back one day and just, you know, just explore because I, I I don't know where I'm uh, much about where I'm I was born from <laughs> or at. Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize that. It's it's kind of funny. I was born in I was born in Pennsylvania. Like the first four or five years of my life spent there, and then I moved to New Jersey. And same thing. I go back to mm. Pennsylvania. It's like I don't really remember all that much. I kind of remember the house, but not really. So okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize it was like that. So for you, it's always been Georgia. And were you close to Atlanta then? Has it always been kind of this uh, Atlanta? You've always been represented with the Atlanta music scene, I guess. Yeah. Well, it started in um, a place called Warner Robins. Georgia, um, which is like a military town. Um, not a lot of people really get out of it because it's such a comfortable town. You know, it's like a family town. It's really a high school, little small town that um, military is like huge there. A lot of people get out of school and they go straight to military. Um, so that was kind of like my life, you know, for a while. It was always thinking in my head, like, okay, once I get out of I'm going into the military. I have to figure out what branch I'm going into. You know what I mean? My father was Air Force. 
my friends went to the Navy. Um, some of my best friends went into the Navy. Some went into the Army. Um, so that was like a big deal. It was like a big thing. It was um, me and my friend Xavier Omar, who is also an artist, that we kind of like saw that and knew that that's not what we wanted to do. So we ended up um, kind of like going our going down a different path. And yeah, I mean, like it just led us to this. But I, I was always um, kind of going to another place called Macon, Georgia, which is about 30 minutes um, north of Warner Robins um, and about an hour and a half from Atlanta. So I did a lot of shows downtown Macon, Georgia, Cherry Street, and I was uh, just anything, anybody that would book me, I would do a show for. And uh, that ultimately led me to Atlanta for school. I went to school in Atlanta and I just stayed up there ever since or up here ever since. So yeah, a little, little background. I mean, like I, um, I've been all over Georgia. <laughs> just, yeah, all, all up and down that state. That's crazy. I didn't realize that about your the hometown there in Georgia that it was a very military based. I mean, was there a specific moment that you knew that that's not really the path you wanted to follow, or was it just kind of like right from the get go you always had this idea that that was just that was just not who you were? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever really discussed that in an interview. To be honest, I um, I just, I just uh, knew that that's not what I really wanted to do. We, me and um, my friends, we had a group that we started back in high school where we would rap and we would do like little shows around the city. And I think like, it was just cool. It just, it was just fun to just be on stage. And I just kind of, I found my love for music in that group. And, um, yeah, I just, ever since that day, I'm, ever since, you know, just kind of starting up that little group, we, uh, or myself, I can speak for myself. Like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And I wanted to write music. I wanted to perform for people and, yeah, I mean, just uh, that that dream or idea of being in the military faded really fast. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, we talk a lot about how you you, know, you love to perform, you love you know being on stage, but I also saw that you've had your you know you've, you're pretty experienced and well in uh, producing as well. What has it kind of attracted yeah. you to the production side of music as well? Well, I mean, like I, I um, just going back a little bit about you know, that, that I said that group back in high school, like I personally was the producer in that group. Um, and then ultimately like the the beginning of my own career, I produced a lot of my stuff. So, um, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was a stage. It was a point in my life where I didn't have people willing to send me beats like they do now. So I had to figure it out. Like, and I knew I couldn't pay for beats. So it was just like, I used a lot of that. I got um, a lot of money from graduating from different family members. And I used a lot of that money um, for production equipment. And I ended up teaching myself how to how to produce. I play the keys already. So that was like the first step. And just kind of figuring it out from that point. So um, I, just, I just love production as well. Like it's just like musically, I grew up in church. So I've always had that like, church background and knowing what I hear when I hear it so um yeah it's nothing really, it's nothing really like creating it's such a special feeling once once you figure it out it's like a puzzle you know what I mean once you figure that puzzle out you're just like damn 
okay, great. I'm glad we did this, and I'm glad it came out the way I wanted it to. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love. I always love seeing artists who, um, in addition to like whether singing, rapping, also have a hand on the production <laughs> side, because then you feel like their music flows a lot better together. Because it's not, you know people working on separate sides of each song it's more of a collaborative effort where the artist can really yeah. have some input when you when you work with another producer you can have real authentic input into the production side of the track and say hey i have of this course. kind of thought and i actually kind of know how to do it and we can actually have a real conversation about the producing instead of it being two sure. very separate things on a song right and i mean that's that's kind of like why a lot of a lot of the fans notice or notice in my albums the transitions because I'm, I'm really big on transitions i really like to for the album to flow i don't really like track by track nothing wrong with that but um i kind of like the album to flow and this next project is is going to be a prime example of that where i mean you'll be able to just press play and it'll just play right through so but yeah that's best product of that i guess i'd have to agree with that I, I love the projects where you where it either like has a kind of similar feeling or similar story throughout and you just said with this one, it's going to be very similar to that. When you say it's going to flow, mm. do you mean more of in a storytelling kind of way or more just the overall feeling in the musical side of the project? Um, both. I mean, it, it tells a story and, it, and it's a story and it also um, has a theme to it. And it also musically just flows very well. Um, I put a lot of time and effort and work into it. So I hope it really comes across that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would say all three, or all both, I'm sorry. Uh, no problem, <laughs> definitely. Well, it sounds like a project I'm certainly going to be getting excited for. Um, what are your just current plans now going forward? General release the general release time frame for the album, any live shows coming up? What are some of your plans? Yeah, well, I mean, the idea is to drop this project um, here soon. I'm thinking the beginning of fall, um, and we'll uh, hopefully get on the road and we'll... Um, my first headline i've never done a headline i've always supported other artists you know what i mean um on their tour so my my desire and dream this year is to do my first headline and you know to hopefully sell it out you know what i mean and that's the idea so we're going to make we're going to try to make that happen and i think that's the only thing that we kind of see right now is just rolling this project out really really well and then trying to put a tour together or you know in the in tandem with the release trying to figure all of that out so yeah that's kind of where we're at with it oh sweet and awesome awesome news about that headlining tour that's got to you know have your name have you be the, the biggest font on that poster and if you ever come through philadelphia i'll definitely buy a ticket and help you guys sell out that place yeah my man appreciate that love well thank you so much for this interview i had such a great time doing it and talking with you Thank you, Jax. I appreciate you, man. For sure. Same. Again, a big thank you to L.A. for coming on to the show. Remember, check out all of his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, basically wherever you listen to music. That's where you can catch his latest stuff and see him when he does his headlining tour because let's make that sold out. Let's have every single date sold out. I'll definitely be at the Philly show if he has one. Now up is Elias Abid, the producer, now turned solo artist, just released his two brand new singles, Wayside and Old Me, his debut songs. Here he is discussing those and much more. How do you describe your latest single, Old Me? Old Me is 
really just like a vibe. Like that's that's the best way I can describe it. Like um, it's meant to be enjoyed within the context of like just cruising and reflecting. Um, I kind of describe the song as like an ode to heartbreak and reconciliation. Um, so essentially like I wrote the song about being in a relationship and feeling like, you know, you, you're no longer that person that, you know, your partner may have fell in love with. Um, so that's kind of based off of just past experiences of being in relationships where, you know, like I said, you just, you feel like you're, you're not in the same point. Um, but yeah, I think the song is, is really just also a testament of where I'm at right now and uh, just taking this kind of solo venture as a releasing artist, which is like brand new for me. So um, I'm just, you know, exploring different sounds and different ideas that I resonate with. And um, that's really like what the song represents for me, at least. That's funny you mentioned that. I was just actually listening to it in the car today. and I've been listening to it throughout the past couple of days and I really liked yeah. it the most when I was just driving and cruising by myself. I thought that's when when I felt the song to be at its best. Right, for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely like something that um, is meant to be enjoyed with other things. Just like you know, the best forms of art are things that you can kind of incorporate in your daily life. At least those are the things that I I appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. And this is your second single. Your first one was Wayside, and yeah. I just wanted to ask you. With Old Me, what made you decide that this was going to be your second single? This was going to follow up your debut. What about this song mm. made you pick it? That's a good question. Um, just because it is pretty tough to like say, oh, like this is definitively like my second song. You know, it's kind of a big moment. But um, it was really just kind of a natural thing. I've been working on these songs for quite some time now. You know, I've been playing with the idea of coming out as a releasing artist for, you know, maybe over two years. Um, and I just haven't had like the right space, like the right mindset. You know, I was working on other projects, producing for other artists. Um, and I didn't really like embody, um, you know, that, that feeling of being a true artist. Um, so Wayside was the song that I had started initially for um, an artist I work with, uh, Applebee. Um, and it's something that I sent to him and I was like, actually, you know, like, I really love this one. You know, I, I think I need to hold on to this and, and develop it myself. Um, Old Me was another song that I had started. I don't even know when I started it, but, um, you know, I had the, the idea of just, you know, the, the chorus came to me first, the Old Me part. Um, and that kind of sparked that, that feeling that I, that I mentioned of, you know, just growing out of a relationship. Um, so there wasn't like really this like set plan as to like, oh, like old me is going to be the second song, Wayside's going to be the first song. Like um, it was more just like I'm kind of just going with it and giving myself like the time and space to just create music, write music, release music. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. So I've had to learn to just take a step back and allow things to happen naturally and not force it, not feel too much pressure and just you know, allow people to grow with me as this is a new process for me. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, write music that I like. Mm -hmm. And if I could give you a compliment based off picking Old Me as your second song, I would say that the transition from Wayside going to Old Me um, as a mm -hmm. listener felt very natural, felt very like this is a seamless transition and me getting to know an artist. It felt very, I don't know, telling and showed me what you could do. So I think it was a good choice. I love that, man. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, 
all these songs right now, I'm just trying to show people like, hey, you know, I've been behind the scenes for so long, um, but this is what I can do. This is what I have to say. Um, and this is what I want to say. You know, this is me kind of building the the community and building the vision. And as my friend Max says, like the universe of what Elias Abid is. And I'm still figuring that out. But, you know, I believe in the potential of what I can do by myself. Um, and I think the people that know me and that have heard my music feel the same way. So, you know, I'm just, I'm happy to have a support system and be releasing music that I think resonates, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on this a little bit earlier. You're talking about how you said for two years you thought about going out as a solo artist uh, rather than just mm-hmm. being producing behind the scenes. I'm always interested with mm-hmm. producers that go out so as a solo artist and for you, it took two years. What, when, when did you like really decide? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to release my music as my own artist rather than just stay behind the scenes. Was there a specific moment, or was it just something very gradual? It was pretty gradual. I mean, I've always considered myself an artist in my own right. You know, I think that producers, not all producers, and not all people look at producers this way, but sometimes you know. It, their contribution to an artist's release or um, any kind of music can be overlooked just because, you know, you have the artist as the the front-facing entity of like, hey, this is this person's music. Um, But there's so many components behind the scenes of, um, you know, the producer and any songwriters, mixing engineer as, you know, I I see all these people as their own artists. Um, So I've, I've been developing the idea of Ellie Sabid as a solo musician for, you know, the entirety of me being a creative person, which started when I was like 12, you know, um, I started playing in bands and started, you know, teaching myself these instruments. Um, but my production style has always been somewhat unique, um, in the sense that people can kind of tell, or at least I think, and what I've been told that people can tell, you know, Oh, like I can tell that you produce this, like this sounds like something, that you would do. Um, and I don't know, I've always been surrounded by artists, you know, obviously producing, but my mom um, is an artist, you know, she she is a jewelry maker, my brother is a filmmaker, my dad is kind of an eccentric, just con man dude that lives in Paris, but has his own like performance art thing kind of ingrained in his life. So I've been around artists my entire life um, and me releasing music has just been like just this like first milestone of like, okay, like from the public perspective, Ellie Sabid is now like a releasing artist, but you know, I've been, I've been training myself for so long. Um, and I've always had a vision for what I wanted to do as a solo musician. So this is just like the first few steps that people are seeing. Um, you know, but I've always had the mindset. Mm -hmm. And something I just want to touch on there. It's like, no, but I didn't mean to disrespect you in terms of not calling you an artist as a producer. I think producers oh, are no, no, no. are totally. It's just funny. This literally happened in an interview last week where I was talking to uh-huh. a producer, and uh-huh. it's almost like we don't have. I consider producers like and like everyone else, like you said, artists because there's so many different parts mm-hmm. of a song. But it just sucks that right. the the terminology is so confining sometimes, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that as someone that works behind the scenes, you you have to learn to accept that and appreciate it. And I, you know, I live vicariously through the artists that I produce and the songs that they release. You know, I, I find just as much satisfaction. I don't necessarily 
need like the public eye to know like oh like Ellie Sabid produced a song or whatever. Um, you know, for me, it's it's good enough just to see that something that I've created is resonating. First of all, with the artists, you know, they feel like hey, this is a song that like I am proud to release, and that's a big accomplishment for for me as someone to like help them facilitate that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the public perspective is is isn't necessarily a huge factor in why I'm doing this. It's mainly just like you know, I wanna. I want to show people like, hey, this is this is who I am. You know, I want to share more of myself, and I'm naturally introverted, so this is like a big step for me. But I think that it's just it's happening naturally, and I'm just excited to do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has seemed like a very natural kind of progression from you listening to some of the songs that you've produced, and but also yeah. seeing some of the, some of your production. You've worked with artists. You mentioned Appleby before. I've seen saw a song with Asmino in there. How did you get involved yeah. with these with these people? So, let's see. I moved to Chicago for school, um, primarily. I went to Columbia College in Chicago for a music business. Um, and I already had a few connections here, um, including this woman named Miranda, who at the time was managing Stefan Ponce, who is a Grammy-nominated producer, um, produced you know, 2005 for Childish Gambino and Down on My Luck for Big Mensa. And uh, Down on My Luck had just been released and Miranda contacted me. I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're looking for an assistant producer for Stefan. Um, so I was like, oh, like, this is awesome. You know, this is my sophomore year in college. And I sent him my resume, you know, the full thing, and started working with Stefan. Um, and he was friends with Chris Classic, who now manages Smino. Um, and they have their own studio called Classic Studios in Chicago. So I was working out of that studio a bunch with Stefan, just doing tracking and helping produce and you know whatever he needed me to do and just being in that environment i met smino i met applebee i met you know most of the chicago acts that you see right now um were working out of classic studios at the time so that's kind of like my first um way in with you know these artists um and just being in that environment you know kind of propelled all these opportunities and all the production work that you know have been released so far mm-hmm. Yeah, Chicago is a really, really cool city right now. Um, I've talked yeah. to t- talked to several artists from that city, and there seems to be this kind of like almost brotherhood of all the people from there. There's like this really connect mm-hmm. between all the artists. It's a really cool music scene. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting to be kind of somewhat of like a foreigner to the scene. Um, you know, not having grown up in Chicago, you 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 know you see how these these people like interact and and being involved and. In, you know, seeing the community is, is really cool. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So, you you mentioned there you're basically a foreigner. You're from Paris, right? Yeah. So, and you, you've you been in Chicago. I also saw that you moved around. Did you move around in the U.S. a little bit as well? I think I saw that somewhere. So, yeah, I, I was born in Paris, um, and my parents divorced when I was about three years old. So I moved, my mom is from Kansas City, Missouri. So I moved back to Kansas City with my mom and my brother. Um, so I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and just have been, you know, going back and forth between Kansas City and Paris until I was like 16 or so. Um, just like staying connected with my French family. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, you know, moved to Chicago for college. Um, but I'm actually preparing to go out to Paris again. Um, so like all of August, I'll be in Paris, just kind of working on music, um, 
and, you know, connecting with that side. And I think that Paris plays a big role in like my creative vision. Um, I think the art that surrounds Paris and the artists in Paris are really inspiring to me. So I'm just like super pumped to kind of go back to those roots and, and get that influence when I'm thinking about like how I want to move forward as an artist. I think that's going to be like really influential for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted. To, yeah, I was basically just about, just about to ask you that. Like growing up in these two uh, very different places, being involved in Chicago, Kansas City, you said, and Paris. Just wondering how kind of all those blend together to influence you musically, and is there one spot that influences you more, or is it all just kind of like this this seamless blend of all the different styles? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a pretty fluid blend. I mean, I I didn't start making music like I said until I was twelve. Um, and I think the, the influence from the different areas is more so just culturally and how I look at life. It's it's more of like, you know, how do I treat people? How do I um, approach different situations given these, like, two pretty different cultures? You know, the Midwestern culture of being in Kansas City, Missouri is, like, very, like, obviously not Southern, but, like, that comfort of, like, okay, like, everyone is generally pretty nice and you know, you, you know, you're very open and um, accepting to, you know, families and stuff like that. And then the French culture, obviously, is slightly more, you know, um, I don't know how to say it. I mean, there's, I guess there's like a stubbornness to it. Um, But I think the French culture for me is is more so just like a worldview, like a larger worldview of like, there's so much more than what, what I'm seeing in Kansas City. Um, so growing up between those two places was interesting just because like I had this perspective that was pretty different than a lot of people that I was around given that like, you know, I was going to Paris every summer and I was traveling with my, you know, my family while I was out there and I was seeing all these different places and all these different cultures and languages and food. Um, so I think that like there isn't a direct correlation between these areas and my music besides just like, me being in Kansas City and working with Kansas City artists as I was developing, um, but more so just like what I'm attracted to, what kind of art I like to like experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I know growing up, I I traveled a lot with my parents to like different countries and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and that that for sure changed my worldview and how I look at everything, and maybe not a direct influence into anything I do, but like overall right. just a kind of a different cultural idea than maybe everyone else that I live around. Yeah. It's, it's like a vibe that you, you pick up on things and um, maybe you're slightly more open-minded about, you know, certain situations or you have something to kind of correlate it to, you know, it's hard to associate with someone that's across the world, but if you've been in their environment, if you've seen what they've lived and, um, you know, talked with someone that's like them, you know, you're more prone to just, be like, oh, damn, like, I can relate in some kind of way, you know. Mm-hmm, exactly. So now, now I just want to touch on, going forward, you've released your first two singles. You said you're going to Paris for about, for um, mm-hmm. basically the month of August. Now, just going forward, though, what are your plans? Are you, is there a f- project in the works? Is it just more singles? Are there live dates? What's your plans? I think that right now, like I said, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty open. You know, I, I'm going out to Paris with the intent of thinking about what it is that what what it is that I represent, what it, what it is that I want to represent. Um, 
And if a project comes out of that, amazing. If not, cool. You know, it's, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty open and fluid um, just because, like, I trust myself. Like, I trust my potential. And I think that other people trust me and, and my ability. So, like, I don't necessarily see the rush. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited to start doing live shows. I think they're going to be amazing. Um, and I'd love to start, you know, getting some shows this winter into, you know, um, the spring and just kind of show people like what I have in mind for that. Um, cause I want, I want it to, I don't want to just be up on stage by myself, you know, like I want to have a band and, and be performing, you know, because that's what I'm used to doing, um, when I was playing in bands. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have some music coming out, um, hopefully with my friend Summerheart, who is an amazing artist, um, out of Sweden. Um, so, you know, hopefully that will come out in the next few months. We'll see. Um, but besides that, yeah, like I'm, I'm keeping it open. Um, and, you know, my main priority is just getting in the rhythm of releasing and building the foundation of Elisa Beat. Well, Elias, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, re- I really enjoyed this. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. And I, I appreciate this, you know, early support as it seems. Yeah, I mean, I've really loved your singles, Wayside and Old Me. I, I find them playing myself, like, uh, putting them on repeat over and over again, just one after the other. They're, they're pretty catchy. Yes, man, thank you. I love that. Thank you so much. Again, a big thank you to Elias for coming on to the show. Check out his first two singles, Wayside and Old Me. Trust me, they're very, very catchy. You'll find yourself playing them over and over again, just like me. You can check those out, SoundCloud, Apple Music. And Spotify, wherever you listen to music, those singles are there. And with that, that'll wrap up this edition of the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Remember, every single week right here on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube, you can find this podcast with some great interviews. Check out the radio show on 107.9 FM WRML LP in southern New Jersey. For the rest of the summer, it looks like it's going to be on Wednesday mornings, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're on the Pacific Coast, get up. You can still listen in live with all the music and the interviews online at wrmlradio.org. All of these links and everything are in the description down below or wherever you're listening on whatever platform, wherever you find the description, that you could check out the links there as well. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JacksonNeal20. There you can catch snippets of interviews. Updates as when the show will air, who I'm interviewing, and just a whole lot more. So follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JacksonNeal20. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all next week.